Hey, this is Robert Fanaro, The Sopranos. You might know me as Eugene, or you might have seen me in The Irishman as Johnny Friendly with Robert De Niro. Anyway, you listen to you Follow Your Dream podcast starring the infamous Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 192 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is Joe Hall, a guy who I truly can relate to because he has followed his dream. You see, after 17 years or so at Goldman Sachs, which is the top of the Wall Street food chain, Joe took a sabbatical to pursue his real passion, which is making movies. He's written and directed a feature film called The Road to Galena, a semi-autobiographical independent film that's set to hit the theaters in early July. The film has already been named an official selection at the Los Angeles Independent Film Festival. How about that? And he secured domestic and foreign distribution. So I guess this film is going to be shown everywhere. And as you all know, I like to feature a song of mine in every episode of the podcast. And I try to make the song relate somehow to my guest or the subject matter. And in this instance, it was easy. I have chosen my song called Hollywood from the album, The PGS Experience. Why did I choose this? Well, Joe Hall is definitely on the road to Hollywood with his film, The Road to Galena. How about that? So Joe Hall, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast, baby. Thank you very much. Great to be here. You know, I get a lot of contacts here, people that ask me if they can be on the podcast, and I have to go through them very carefully and make sure that they're right. You contacted me, and as soon as I heard your story, I said, I got to get this guy on the podcast. You're doing exactly what I did in my life. You're following your dream. Well, I'll tell you, I had read your biography, and I said, here is, here is someone who knows exactly where I am and exactly what this story is about. And so uh, that sort of prompted me to reach out. And I was excited that you're out stirring the pot with others that are looking to do the same thing. Terrific. All right. So you got to tell me, were you always interested in the movies? Did you suppress it for a while? What happened? What's the real backstory on all of that? So I've always had an interest in movies since I was a kid, but it was something that I never pursued uh, directly. I uh, went off to college and, and had a, uh, a career in higher education before getting into financial services. Uh, but it gnawed at me uh, throughout. And uh, I'm the youngest of six kids. My oldest brother, Dave, retired about uh, 15 years or so ago. And uh, he retired early to do a round the world sale. And my brothers uh, and I were all gathered in Annapolis. And I said, Dave, I'm so envious of you uh, for doing this. And I said, you know, I think if I was ever going to pull the ripcord, I would do independent films. I said, you know, it's the, I've always had a passion for it. And he said, well, what are you waiting for? And I said, well, you know, I, um, I mean, Goldman keeps me reasonably busy. And, and uh, you know, I had three young kids at the time and a fourth on the way. And I, I said, you know, I just, I just you know, I kind of have a full plate. 
And he said, well, look, it's taken me my whole life to get ready to do this. So I was so motivated by the conversation that I began to write and I began to think about uh, getting into production. I, I uh, formed Ava Independent, my production company, and started shooting short films so that I could build a, um, uh, just by doing, build an expertise in film production and begin to build a community of, of contacts in the industry that would support me. You had a career at Goldman. You were married, you had kids, you had another life. This is kind of parallel to me, exactly. Yeah. But you had that burning desire. You wanted to do something with movies, huh? Tell me about your desire about movies. What were the movies that most affected you when you were a kid? It, well, it's, I, I almost hate to say this because I know it sounds so, uh, so corny, but my all-time favorite movie, which I've seen a thousand times, is It's a Wonderful Life. It's a great film. It's a great film. And it's just, I think it's such a perfect story in so many ways. But uh, I, I love the idea of uh, storytelling. And, um, you know, I think you, you see how films are made today and the evolution of how we digest films, you know, from big screen to television to now devices or what have you. The one thing that's constant is it has to be a good story. You could spend, you know, $200 million on a, on a film and have every major Hollywood star and every whiz bang, you know, uh, special effects. But if it's not a great story, nobody really cares. It's the same thing in music. Okay. Music has developed all these different alternative ways of, de of delivering music. Now it's all streaming. Okay. If you talk about an album, most kids don't even understand what you're talking about because there aren't any more albums or records, but it's the same thing with the movies. Like you said, now everybody's watching everything on uh, Netflix, right? But you're in, the, you're in the theaters. How'd you get in the theaters? So when we finished uh, Galena, I, I had no idea what the festival world was going to look like this year just with COVID. And so uh, I said to the team, I said, you know what, when we, when we go out, let's, let's dual track this. Let's start talking to distributors and submit to uh, festivals simultaneously with the notion that if we got a distribution deal, then we would uh, skip the festival route and just go that route. Or if, if, if those conversations were ongoing and we got a big festival, why we, we would do that and sort of see how it goes. So we were fortunate in that um, we got early interest from a number of distributors and we ultimately selected Vertical Entertainment. They've been a, a wonderful partner uh, for us. Tell people, what does it mean to have a distributor? Okay. What are they going to do for you? So the distributor, um, they basically negotiate all of the outlets for you, right? So uh, Vertical Entertainment uh, will represent us in North America. And so they have, uh, they will take us to theaters. So they negotiate with the theaters to bring the Road to Galena there. They bring us to all of the platforms. So we release on July 8th. So we'll be in theaters and on for the first 90 days, we'll be on the all of the cable and um, basically all the paid platforms. So day and date release uh, refers to release in theaters and on demand at the same time. And so you have a choice. You can either buy a ticket and go to the movie theater or you can buy, theoretically buy a ticket and, and watch it on your screen. So it's gonna be on all the different streaming services or is there one in particular? No, it'll be on, well, right now it's available on, for pre-order on Apple TV. It'll be on Apple TV. It'll be on Amazon Prime. It'll be on, you know, all of the cable, Xfinity, Fios, you know, all of the, 
uh, cable outlets. And then after that, it moves to the subscription platforms. All right. You're a hotshot, man. We're going to see you on Amazon Prime. I love this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the movie itself. It's an autobiographical movie of some sort. I mean, it's a small town America kind of movie, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, everyone asks me if this is autobiographical, and and my response to that, it, it is not directly autobiographical, clearly. And my hope is that everyone sees a little bit of themselves in Cole and, and in his journey here. Um, I think it's impossible to be a to be a a writer director and where you're where you're creating the story where there isn't some element of you in that story, whatever the story is. But um, my hope is everyone's going to see a little bit of themselves, and I felt like this moment in time, it was the perfect moment to to tell this story uh, in this post-COVID environment where you have this big global reset where people are stopping and saying, "Well, hey, you know what? You know, time isn't unlimited, and I've got one go around here, and I've had this this big jarring stop where I've been able to sit in quiet and say, well, what am I doing with my life?'" and this era of the great resignation and so on, I thought this is the moment to tell this story. All right, so give me the elevator pitch so everybody can understand. What's this about? It is about the decisions you make uh, and making the decision to choose a fulfilling life, defining success in your own terms. Okay, and you've got a cast. Where'd you get the cast from? How did that help come about? So. Steve Vincent uh, was our casting director, and um, he and I spent a lot of time early on talking about the characters and who would be the right type of actor for these characters. And, and then we, we went out to the agencies and uh, I, you know, I interviewed a bunch of uh, actors for each one and some tested and, and we ended up with uh, what is really just a, an amazing cast uh, of uh, talented uh, actors. So um, tell everybody who's in the cast. Come on. Yeah, so Ben Winchell plays Cole. Amy Teagarden uh, plays Elle. And you'll note Amy from, she's done a whole host of films. Uh, she was uh, in Friday Night Lights. You might know her from Friday Night Lights. We have um, J.O. Sanders, um, who has, uh, is a, a, a 50 year veteran of, of uh, film and stage. We've got Will Britton plays Jack. Elisa uh, Alipek uh, is uh, Sarah. Uh, Jennifer Holliday. Uh, I was thrilled to have Jennifer with us. Jennifer, who's you know an iconic Broadway star, Tony uh, Grammy-winning star, but this was her first film, her first feature film. Uh, um, Jill Hennessy, uh, Margaret Collin. Uh, we we just uh, we were just delighted with an amazing cast. Good for you. Now you wrote and directed. Is that correct? It, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. You're working at Goldman Sachs, okay? This is like the opposite end of the world from what we're talking about now. And was it in your spare time? Was it on weekends? Was it mornings? How did you do this all? Um, so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, uh, it was whatever time I could carve out, you know? Um, I don't, I, I don't play, well, I should say I'm, I'm a terrible golfer, so I'm not incentivized to play golf. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV, oddly enough, uh, and I spend my time with my my family and the free time I've got, I uh, I write or I work on these projects. So, um, and I have to say that, you know, the, the firm is a remarkable place. Um, it's an amazing community of folks who bring a wide variety of, of uh, just interesting 
histories and interesting interests and so on uh, together at the firm. So the firm is very supportive, uh, very diverse, uh, forward-leaning, supportive place. You had the advantage of having a chairman at your firm that's a DJ and is part-time. <laughs> yeah, that's okay? right. That's right. That's uh, right. Most people don't understand that. But the guy that runs Goldman Sachs, which, you know, makes more money than God, this guy's a DJ and he's, he's spinning records at parties. I always found that to be interesting. And what did your wife think of the whole thing? Did she support you all the way or did she think you were nuts? She is a remarkable person and um, she has been incredibly supportive throughout. Uh, she is, uh, you know, through all, in fact, the whole family, all of my short films were somewhat of an, a family affair. You know, the kids have been in all, in fact, in the Road to Galena, my, all four of my kids have a, have a cameo, and my wife, they all have a, uh, a cameo in the film. Good for uh, you. They're getting royalties too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I've been really fortunate. You know, Catherine has been uh, hugely supportive throughout. Good for you. I mean, uh, you know, look, it's, it's really hard to do all of this at one time. I was kind of on a similar path as you. I was working outside of music. I had a, a life, a career. I had to try and get my music to be part of my life. And it took a while to get there. And good for you, because it took me until I was past the age of 60 till I could do it full time. Okay, and then I just jumped into the deep end of the pool. I think you're considerably younger than that. So you got a long career ahead of you. <laughs> well, you know, I think that for me, I, I realized at a certain point, and, and I think a lot of people, it gets harder and harder as time goes by, but I think a lot of people come to this realization, I hope. You know, so many people carry a, you know, an aspiration or a life dream or what have you, and they carry it with them in, in some cases their whole life. And, and never speak it out loud. And I think that's the challenge, right? You know, it's, it's having the, the, the confidence, building the confidence to go into a crowded room and just saying it, just, you know, laying that dream out there. And I think, I think people fear the notion of, you know, people will laugh or they'll say, who do you think you are? Or what have you? And you know what they're going to say? You're a failure. Yeah. No question about it. The reality is you go into that room and you say, this is what I want to do. I think people are going to say, how can I help you? You know, that's the reality of it. You know, I believe everybody starts off life with a dream and they usually carry that dream with them. And so many people never get to the point where they actually go after their dream. So you're one of the lucky ones, really. You're one of the lucky ones that has kept that dream and decided to act on it. My mantra has always been, you're never too old and it's never too late to follow your dream because you never know where it will lead. And I'm sure when you started down this path, you didn't know which highways and byways you were going to take, but it's all working out so far, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So far. I mean, you're a director. You're going to be at the uh, Academy Awards next year. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to point out to my friends, see that guy on the stage getting that Oscar. I had him on my podcast. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller. You're listening to my new single, The Fall of Winter, a collaboration with legendary rocker Jim Peterick from the Ides of March and formerly with Survivor and featuring renowned guitarist Elliot Randall of Steely Dan fame and keyboard player Tony Carey. The reviewers have called The Fall of Winter a triumph and flexes real rock muscles. 
The track is available now for streaming on Spotify, Apple, and all the other streaming platforms. And also for download at the pgsstore.com. And you must check out the lyric video of the song on YouTube. The show notes have all the links. Thanks for listening and keep on rocking. So what are you going to do next? Are you going to do, you got another film in the works or what? I do. Um, there's a, uh, my next project is called Paranoid. And it's a very different, a very different story. It's a thriller. Uh, um, it's a much more uh, commercial project. It's a, it's a thriller about a woman with paranoid schizophrenia who becomes so convinced that she's being followed that she moves into the adjacent apartment to, to, uh, to catch the guy who's out to get her. So it's a, uh, uh, it's a thriller. We're in the early stages of putting that together, but uh, my hope is that uh, you know, over the course of the next uh, 12 months, we'll be uh, gearing up to get started on Paranoid. Very cool. May I ask, tell me a little bit about the financial aspects of doing a movie today. I mean, I assume you had to raise a whole bunch of money. What did it cost to make The Road to Galena? Well, uh, it, it is a... Um, uh, well, I'll tell you how we approached it versus how it is traditionally approached. Okay, it's because coming into the financial financial crisis, coming into the uh, uh, into COVID, one of the reasons that the industry seized up uh, amongst the, the myriad of complications that COVID brought to the equation was that you you didn't have uh, insurers writing completion bonds, and so typically, if you have any bank debt in your in your capital structure, you, you need to have uh, an insurance that, that uh, assures that the film would be made so the bank has something to lay claim to. Uh, um, so there, were no, there was no insurance being written during COVID. And so we saw that as an opportunity to, um, if, we could, if we could just raise the funds and raise what we could raise and, uh, and use that as the foundation for the film, uh, we could proceed without that, uh, without that, uh, that completion bond. And so uh, it gave us an opportunity to a get moving when there was a lot of uh, production talent available because the industry had pretty well seized up uh, and um, and to tell the story at a time where I felt like the story needed to be told so uh, it worked out well for us surprised you, you didn't tell me that you went to Goldman and Goldman financed the whole thing for you come on no no uh, no it was a it was a community effort we had a, a great uh, community of folks kept behind it that's great so uh, at this point in time, you're going through all of the pre-release kind of stuff, the interviews and all of that. And the film comes out in another week or so, right? Yeah, July. Okay, you got a big party planned for this? So we did a, when we, when we wrapped, so early on, again, you know, I didn't know if we had a, a festival route ahead of us. I didn't know if we were going to get distribution, right? So we had a, a private premiere at the AFI the American Film Institute uh, Theater in uh, outside of DC. So we had a big gathering there. So we had a, uh, a private premiere there and we've had screenings in New York and Los Angeles. And so we're not doing a, we're not doing a big gala premiere as a result, but it will be uh, in theaters in uh, the opening week. It'll be in theaters in Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, uh, Minneapolis and Grand Rapids. Uh, and then it will move uh, to other markets as the summer wears on. Very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I hope you get that, you know, headline that says Bafo box office, you know, for the road <laughs> to Galena. 
Isn't that the kind of thing you see in the movies? <laughs> we're, we're also releasing the same weekend as Thor. So, um, you know, Thor and I think Minions is coming out uh, here so, <laughs> shortly as well. So we've got our work cut out for us, but we're going to be the little engine that could and get, you know, get the critical acclaim uh, amidst the summer blockbusters. That's good. You got anything that blows up in this movie? No, I tell you, you know, there is that there's a there's a great water tower in Galena. I think for the sequel, you know, I'm, I'm going to blow up that what escape from. <laughs> right, that will be the sequel, and I'm going to blow up that water tower. <laughs> you know, it would it'll be nice to see a movie where things don't blow up. Okay, I can't stand all the movies now that it's all about these, you know, the technical scenes and the the fire and the explosions and all of that stuff. Just a story. Give me a good story. You know, I I was. Uh, I took great satisfaction uh, as someone who I have. A, I've always loved old movies, uh, but I had I took great satisfaction. One of the um, the distributors that we were talking to as we were coming to ultimately select Vertical said, "You know what I love about this movie? It's just an old fashioned Hollywood movie." Is how he how he described it. He said, "It's just a a, a good story, and um, there's nothing gratuitous in there, and it's just a good story." And so I, I took that as a huge compliment. I'm with you on that. We have been speaking to Joe Hall, who is the writer and director of this new film called The Road to Galena. He spent many years on Wall Street. Now he's found this true passion. He has followed his dream. And I want to congratulate you on that and wish you all the best of luck with this movie. I think what you're doing is just fantastic. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me today. I've, I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. And now we're going to listen again to the song that started out this interview. It's my song called Hollywood. And I want to thank you for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at thepgsstore.com.